0: that do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you know equally angry, O oh Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. The word of the Lord. Amen. We will now
1: read
2: Restore us, O God
3: of hosts. Shed the light of your... and milestones can be shared in an instant. However, for most of human history, this access to immediate information was impossible. Even
1: in our lifetime, many of us remember a time when certain foods were seasonal.
3: We waited with anticipation for Florida grapefruit in the winter and local melons the summer. College admission letters arrived in long-awaited envelopes, thick for acceptance, thin for, we regret to inform you. Pen pals wrote letters and then waited to hear back from a new friend far away. Lovers, separated by distance, waited for a word from their beloved. Families of soldiers waited for letters from the front. I'm not saying this was better, but there was more experience, more practice perhaps, in the process of waiting and anticipation. Time to think, pray, brood, perhaps, on what might be happening in that in-between space. What might be going on in the lives of those we were waiting to hear from. What might be going on inside ourselves as we waited for the letter, for the photos, for the taste of fresh summer fruit? Today we enter the season of Advent, a season of waiting.
4: Last week marked the end of
3: the season of Pentecost, the long period that the church calls ordinary time. We enjoy ordinary time throughout late spring, all of summer, and then the busyness of the beginning of the school year and fall sports. The ordinary times of our lives, when we are engaged with life cycles of graduations and summer holidays and travel, and then back to work and school as the days turn to fall. But Advent comes now as a reminder and invitation to snap out of the ordinary. Something is happening. Damaging storms. We are often afraid these days, as people were back then. We do have a sense of foreboding, given all the violence, threats of nuclear war, racism, poverty, increasing inequality, and just the pain in our lives and in the world. Jesus tells us that even in these things, even in the worst, things that happen. God promises that he is in charge, that we belong to him, that the kingdom is at hand. If we look carefully, we can see the small leaves Jesus points to on the fig tree. New life, new growth, in ourselves, in our congregation in the ways we care for one another and for those in our community who are in need. In the midst of this reality, we are already participating in God's kingdom breaking through. That is our hope. Not hope as in wishful thinking, but hope grounded in God's promises and in our worship and in our gathering here every week and in our hospitality. That's where our world lies. (coughs) Jesus tells the disciples, keep awake. The kingdom of God is drawing near. Do not let your everyday worries and responsibilities, your Christmas parties, and your shopping, distract you from the real news about what is coming, what is happening. Do not let your constant texts and connecting, you from lifting your head up to see his coming. The baby will be born. And the king triumphant will rule the world from the new kingdom. And we are here now, in between, living with the knowledge that God came into the world as one of us to save us. And he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. Those words should sound familiar. (laughs) Be alert. Keep awake. Pay attention. Something is happening. Christ is coming. So, my friends, I pray that you will take this Advent time to wait in anticipation, with prayer. It is a counter-cultural season, not a season of immediate results, but rather a season of slow growth and nurture. Accept the invitation to be in the in-between place, listening to what may be growing inside you, how God is working in your life what you may need to nurture your God-given life. Take time to observe Advent with daily devotion, reading scripture, prayers, quiet, lighting candles on your Advent. These are the tools of waiting, of hoping for that new reality that God's kingdom is at hand.
5: May you have a blessed season of Advent your
3: hearts to receive the Christmas news
6: God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all
4: annual Human Rights Breakfast. Um, the program will begin at 7.30 a.m. And uh, if you get there at 7, uh, you will get extra time for breakfast. The uh, speaker will be our uh, Chief of Police and Concord, Joe O'Connor. So I'm sure it will be a very interesting morning. So we hope to see you all there. Thank you. Thank you. Is that's my
6: phone?
4: I'm sorry, that is a Tricon or Trinity Area Congregational Church right across the street from the post office.
7: Good morning. My name is Mike Nicolascu, and I am the chair of this year's uh, nominating committee. I'd like to draw your attention to the blue flyer in your leaflet. On one side, this is wonderful information about Christmas Eve, but on the other side, it is a vestry nomination. The nominating committee each year is tasked with um, finding uh, new people to serve in positions of lay leadership, specifically um, on the vestry and some other positions. So um, we're looking to fill several vestry spots for the upcoming year, including the positions of clerk and junior warden. So if there is somebody uh, in our parish who you think has uh, gifts to share, either as a vestry member or a clerk or a junior warden, Um, please nominate them and let the nominating committee know. You can fill this out and put it in the collection plate, you can turn it into the office, you can give the blue form to any member of the nominating committee, or you could just skip the form altogether and send me an email. Um, Any of those ways to communicate with the nominating committee to give us a sense um, of of some of the talent in our parish. So please let me or any other member of the committee uh, know if you have a nomination or if you have... Any questions? In the list of the non Committee members are at the bottom, We um, have until two Sundays for now. So, uh, Sunday, December 17th. Thank you. Thank
5: you.
6: It can be a gracious thing to ask people
5: before you're right to
8: yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. I'm Michael Ray and There's been a couple of, I guess, a lot of about the first Sunday coffee hour no one has stepped forward no one has contacted me about uh, getting up
1: And you can purchase a card for that person saying, in your name, I donated to St. Stephen's. You can give $10, $25, $50, $500. At any rate, each of those contributions go to help support this amazing program. After church today, I will be in the parish hall where you can purchase an honor card and give to a child in St. Stephen's, an opportunity to have an extra special experience. You can then give that honor card to the person you want to let them know that you think are so special. Thank you. I'm
2: Cynthia and today is my
5: stewardship. Just six weeks ago, I was many miles away on an expedition
2: to the Galapagos Islands, which lie about a thousand kilometers off the coast of Mexico. I had been to some of these islands about 35 years ago, and they are amazing. I found an interesting quote in the Galapagos Guide, which we read The Galapagos Islands' isolation and inhospitable have been their greatest assets for much of their history, saving them from colonization and degradation until relatively recently. This archipelago of islands that straddled the equator was discovered in 1535 when the Bishop of Panama's ship was pushed off course. During their short stay, the Bishop wrote, Giant tortoises with shells shaped like Galapagos, which means riding saddles in Spanish. During the 17th century, Galapagos were used as a base for pirates, who may have been the first humans to cause damage to the island's ecosystem by taking hundreds of giant tortoises to supply fresh meat to the pirates on their long voyages. This was the beginning of the destruction of the tortoise population, once thought to be over a quarter of a million. In 1835, Charles Darwin, who I'm sure you're familiar with, began developing his theory of evolution during his three-week stay in the Galapagos and thus began the notoriety variety of the islands. The Ecuadorian government began to realize the value and uniqueness of these islands and conservation efforts increased in the mid-20th century. In fact, the whole archipelago became, the archipelago became a in 1959. There are strict rules, and they are important, and they are made Walk with your trained guide. No picking up methods, shells, or plant life. No touching or walking too near the animals. We were allowed to walk with the tortoises on their research farm, and that was amazing. What makes you may ask? Has any of this got to do with stewardship Stewardship of Trinity? To me, this is a very good example of stewardship. It is important to protect what you care about, to take care of what you have protected, and to work as a team to accomplish these goals. My message, be good stewards of Trinity Church Conference.
6: Immediately after the service, the cast of the peasants is invited to go downstairs to the undercroft and have lunch, and then come back up here to begin our rehearsal immediately following lunch. Then the
5: There will be healing prayer right over here in this
6: transept during communion and immediately following for anyone who would like to participate. Loving love as Christ
5: loved us.
6: On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, it. this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink us, all of you. My blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O oh Father, we remember His death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer Creation is bread and as wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacraments of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where with all your saints we you may enter. Everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters, through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold.
5: I you, Thank you.